You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday. Man, the winds just keep on coming, and I am excited. You're just busy stacking them papers. Six in a row? I mean, that ain't bad. Is that good, though? <laughs> Unclear. Pretty sure it might feels, be. Feels nice. Feels, feels pretty all right. I don't hate you, it. You like that? You like that? A Kurt? Your name, I can't. I it's Kurt. It's just Kurt. Like it's that. It will never cease to amaze me and amuse me. I literally was walking through the Cowboys uh, editing bays the other day, and one of the guys was like, "Wait, is it is it is it Kurt?" And I was like, "Yes, put Kurt. It's Kurt. Put it. Put Kurt in the video. It's Kurt." The thing here's my problem with it, and this is an extremely niche problem to have. But there's a famous cat on TikTok. Whose name is Kurt. Oh. And so I'm like, don't uh, disrespect Kurt by uh, lumping him in with cousins. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, Yeah. His primetime record is now just abysmal. And (laughs) the only, I'm sorry. Like I just, it's fun. Like maybe it makes me a mean person that I'm laughing. I'm just like, he wasn't the guy. He's not a (laughs) shitty quarterback, but like, he just isn't the guy. Yeah. 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 So anyways, um, that was a really exciting game. I mean, I'm just so shocked Cooper Rush straight up making all of us eat crow, myself included, and I'm, you know, partaking happily. I, I am fine with that. I, I would love to be wrong about that all day. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. Like, I'm... It was kind of in the air, though, throughout the day, because it was like, he was, what, the third backup quarterback that, you know, was going into a game at the starting position? Yeah. Well, that's that's not true. So it was really just Mike White. Um, who he had previously beat out. Mac Jones. Yeah, and then the <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Trevor Simeon wasn't didn't start, but like he came in. Yeah. And then it was uh young Cooper Rush's turn. Young so, Coopy. Young Coopy. Coop to Coop. There's like some stat out there that was like the first time a yeah. like, first name to last name was the same or something. Yeah, like but that. then like Dalton it was, yeah, Andy Dalton, Dalton Schultz. So it's a thing we have. It is a thing we have. Yeah, some we're gonna have some like we draft our players and we sign players solely based on their their names and the lineages and the in the yeah. you know, score gami type situations we can create. We're gonna have like some guy named like Prescott come in and it'll be like yeah. Prescott to Prescott. Oh prediction. The <laughs> fan base would not be able to handle that, myself included. Um, we have the video on. And I just like keep looking at myself while I'm talking to you and you're sitting right next to me and it just feels like I'm being a little vain. Um, I mean, you look cute. 
Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about, you know, I know we, you guys have heard plenty of recaps about the game and it was incredible and it was fun. Um, but young Maggie has been on a kick and she is, she's really good at being the content queen and getting me involved in all the reality TV shows that I need to make sure that I am privy to winter house. I need to finish summer house <laughs> so I can get in on that, but we do watch Southern charm together. So at least there's that, but yeah. We're, um, we're Bravo Queens. Don't worry. We are her latest content piece that, um, is a must see. Um, I would like to get you to break it down for the world because it is hilariously phenomenal and it never ceases to <laughs> impress me and entertain me week in and week out, especially when we're winning. I mean, but there's okay. Especially when we're winning, there's so much fun. The sounds of the sideline, like I just get so hyped on them every <laughs> week they come out and they get, they're like, now they're like have jokes that are like building on each other, yes! too, which is the best. The Basham and Gregory. Yes. This bit. Never let it die. Never. Like, it was the relationship. I had no idea that I needed. They're like, just going to take my butt home and have a glass of wine. Like, and then they like carried it on this week and they're like clinking their glasses together. Double fisting it. And they're like, oh no, we do it like this. Like clink. Like if I was the PR person or like if I was in sponsorships there, I'd right. be like, how can I get like the Basham Gregory wine club started? Like, well, I'll tell you right now it needs to be because I am, as we all know, I, I do, have I told you guys what I do for work? Yes. Have I ever repeated that myself a million times? <laughs> Did you guys know I used, to, I used to run training camp? Um, but they do have a sponsorship with Josh wine cellars. So I just feel like this they is a great do, opportunity. Host like a tasting. What they should doing? in the I Cowboys club. I will buy that ticket so fast. I'm just, I'm here. We are literally just here to create sellable moments for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Like how are, how is that not already a thing? Because listen, I want my CD lamb candles. Correct. And I want my, um, wine club like stat yesterday. hundred yes, percent. Sign me up. I would subscribe immediately yeah if they did even like virtual tastings and stuff and like hosted yes. it together that'd be yes. so cute yes. I mean just an idea but it's fun to yes. see like um obviously we say this is like I, I don't think anyone gets sick of hearing it but it's just so fun to watch this locker room like gel together yeah um watching like Dak in particular be like coach Dak yeah was kind of like obviously you want to see him on the field and yeah. not on the sideline yeah but um to watch him like um talk to Cooper and like talk to the guy or talk to Diggs was another one that yep. was on there um like because Diggs was really down on himself and he was like that's on me that's on me and he was like you're you're the kind of guy that like you know where the ball is at all times like you're it's a heat-seeking missile with you like just turn around and focus on that and don't like you know where your guy's at yeah he's like you're you're like worried about too many things at once and you're like overdoing it. Seeing like him make so much sense and like get so involved was really fun. Yeah. Um, He's, and then to be there for Cooper in that interception was like. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And there wasn't an ego there. It wasn't like I should be out there. Like yeah. you suck. Yeah. It was like, let me help you. Like, yeah. like it, it was kind of a Ted Lasso moment of like be a goldfish. Like it's okay. Like move on. Yeah. Um, And we got, we got our uh, first dose of Kelvin Joseph. He, it was his first game. <laughs> and he's just... He's a character. He's a ham. Yeah. He was like doing his Zeke impression <laughs> and just like having the best time, like hyping all the guys up. So it's boss man fat. We didn't get a rap from him. We still haven't seen it yet. But Me like, too. I look forward to more from him going forward. Yeah. Um, who, who else was, who are we loving? Uh, Cooper and, uh, CeeDee Lamb were hilarious. 
And they were just like, uh, CD was like, I, I tried to get him to pass it to me. Like I tried to steal that from you. And like, <laughs> the, the route. Got, yeah. The game winning, <laughs> game winning touchdown. So CD good. really wanted the ball. But <laughs> so good. I just like it. Like you said, it's so fun to watch this chemistry yeah. and it, this team is just, is having fun and it's, it's fun to win. And it's fun when you can tell these guys are playing at the top of their game, but also they're playing for each other. Like yeah. you mentioned, like they're just excited for each other and they're, they're just gassing each other up. And like, that's just so fun to see. And the accountability too. like dig said it, his, like when he had a mess up in the first quarter and then it was, um, I don't know about what point in the game it was, but Zeke came off the sideline and he was like, I'm going to do better for you. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. That was on me. Like I'm going to do better. Yeah. And I was like, this is the kind of stuff that you want to see from your right. football team. Right. Like we later on in our interview today, like you'll hear um, Lindsay talk about like, you can have a team that's great in the locker room and bad on the field. But when you're getting both, yeah, like, and there's accountability there and they're like taking ownership of their actions and they're like playing for each other. Right. It just kind of elevates it. And, um, I feel like that's, it's just a winning attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm with you and, and I think that it's going to be something that's important for this team to lean on, especially in, you know, as they go into the second half of the season and you look at the matchups that they're going to face, they have a whole slew of divisional games. You know, the chiefs are in a really weird spot where they're not playing nearly as well as they have been in the past, but you but, never know. Yeah. They still have the pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm not ever going to downplay Patrick Mahomes. No, You've got Kyler and, you know, Arizona. And honestly, again, like I know the Broncos have just literally traded away their best player, but at the same time, I'm never going to just feel like I have a game in the bag no and I think that's a dangerous place to be in yeah it's like you can go into a gaming like yeah we should have this but like you still have to go out and earn it right 100 and I think that you're going to see a lot of emphasis you know there there's I, I think this this honestly if I were looking at this matchup I feel like there's some vulnerabilities for this Cowboys secondary as well as they've been playing. But at the end of the day, they still are giving up some chunk plays. And, you know, you do have Jerry Judy is back in the lineup. He didn't have a great game last week, but that was his first game back. I think that he could do some damage. You know, Cortland Sutton's coming back to Dallas. He went to school here. Um, you know, again, that's never going to be a guy that I'm scoffing at either. Um, you know, their O-line has been giving him, you know, Teddy enough time to throw. Uh, I think he's been taking too much time, but yeah, again, like I don't view him as an elite quarterback. And so to me, I think that he's kind of trying to figure out where to go. Um, so I definitely think this Cowboys team will get this win, but I do think that they still have to play their style of ball and play it to the highest of their abilities, including starting Dak Prescott. Like I do believe they are going to do. Yeah. He was a full participant in practice. Yep. It sounds like all systems go. Yep. You never know if I feel like everyone is like on pins and needles. Like is Mike McCarthy just doing this, <laughs> like the thing where he tries to do the fake out. And yeah. it's like, I don't think he's that um, cunning. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not like, yeah, I feel like unless he went full 2020, Mike McCarthy blue and white scrimmage <laughs> and like put, some other Where player we just watching the sideline yeah oh look at this banner like unless they so put funny. like some other player in Dak's jersey while they're having him take first team reps then like I feel like we yeah. can pretty confidently say that it's going to happen and quite honestly you guys like I was up at the star today 
And I was watching some practice myself. And again, like he was taking those first team reps at the same time, you know, he walked into the studio right before Dave and I shot our show. And, you know, because I'm a, a certified doctor, that's not a doctor. I can tell you that he was walking <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I've, I'm honestly, that's my analysis. <laughs> and that's a great analysis. Thank honestly. you so much. I mean, with Dak, I really have like every confidence yeah. um, in him. And if he's ready to play, then I trust him. And I believe this staff will not put him out there if he's not ready. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's also like a weird voodoo around this game. Oh, really? Why? When was the last time we beat the Broncos? Uh, 1995. That's a long time. Well, we only played them six times. But do you know when we uh, won the Super Bowl? 1995. Yeah. You know that at the Denver, Bring it back! <laughs> at the Denver airport, there's the murder, murder Mustang. <laughs> and that there is definitely an underground... I'm not even going to go in Well, there. yeah, no. If you don't know the Denver airport it's really conspiracies, culty. it's real. It's really culty. I need you to look it up. There's like the Illuminati or something. It's real. Like Scientologists. I don't even it's know. It's wild. I have no idea. Yeah, I've looked it all up. Like I've, people have tried I'm to explain it to me and I'm like, sure. I've spent. Like, it just looks like mountaintops to me, but that's cool. No, it's real. <laughs> and also like the shape of the air, the, the airways and all that. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, you guys. And it's definitely sus. So, um, I mean, we are, we're into um, fun conspiracy theories. That's not a fun one. That one part, but all of that to say. Um, I do, what was I even talking about? I'm not even like, I'm just like so unmedicated today. I was just talking about voodoo around the, the game about how they haven't won in so long. Oh, so long. yeah. Yeah. Let I me, mean, allow me to reel you back in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that this Denver team is in a different place. You know, again, as you guys all know, like they play the, they do the rotations of when they play AFC or NFC, uh, you know, I, I think I'm not worried about them getting a win. I think that the one thing that I would be paying attention to again this weekend for me personally, I think a lot of you are as well too, is, is this O-line rotation. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, one of the most interesting storylines because, you know, I was so confident because um, I just was a couple of weeks ago talking about Terrence Steele. And when Terrence Steele was you know being sufficient in that role at right tackle with Lyle Collins out, well, now that Collins was back, they didn't automatically just put him into the starting lineup. I hated that move. So wild. I think I made that known on Twitter. And I'm not going to tell you guys that I talked to someone, but I, I did have an interesting conversation where I was, I was asking about, Hey, like perspective wise, like, is there, as it stands today, like what's the difference in, in drop-off between Terrence Steele and, and, or Lyle Collins and Terrence Steele. And then they told me minimal and I was shook by that comment because I never would have thought that had been true and yeah if you asked anyone last year they'd be like 100% <laughs> never like what kind of question is that and then you talk about the fact that you're moving him over to left tackle instead of Lyle who played left tackle in, in college but again like he had some footwork issues and you know I, I spoke I mean, he hasn't played that position in a while it, it's true but like also like you have to note the fact that like playing left tackle in college is a lot different than playing left tackle in the NFL yeah so it's not as easy just to say like oh you've done it before like plug you in um, so, you, you know, all that to say it's, if you want to nerd out on the O-line, it's fascinating. I think Duke Manyweather does a great job. I talked to him about it too. Uh, really just to go nerdy on you guys for a second as well. I think if you guys remember, we talked, we had Blake, um, who played for Baylor, uh, O-line a couple weeks ago on the podcast and we were before Carolina and we were talking about, you know, the, the conversion and movement between O-line and tackle. And I think that 
there is a lot to be said for the body type of, of a tackle and their, their build and how athletic that they are. And they have to be, because quite frankly, they're taking on the, some of the best players on the field on the opposing yeah. side of the ball. Right. And if, if about moving them in from tackle to guard, then guard to tackle, not only just arm length and build, but again, just like pure athleticism and the, the tasks that you're asking them to handle. So, yeah. you know, if, if you want to go nerdy with me and dive in deep, like those are the things that I've been thinking about this week and like trying to dive into. And I think it's fascinating, especially when you think about continuity on the O-line and like, mm-hmm. you have to be so intentional about the decisions that you make and moving those puzzle pieces around. So it will be interesting to say the least what happens this weekend, what happens when Tyron Smith comes back, how that plays out and who ends up being the depth uh, person and the odd man out on that lineup. Yeah. And as much as I found the wishbone formation, fascinating, um, I put my man back where he belongs. Yeah. We need a bigger role for him, but I am really, I'm hot and heavy over the Hulk formation. (laughs) Give me more. Well, it's also just fun to say. Truly. It really (laughs) is. Like, I'm just like, give me I just all O-line. Honey, they're in Hulk formation again. (laughs) (laughs) Come see. Come look. Come see. Um, All right, guys. Well, I have to give kudos to my girl and my co-host, Megan Murray, for booking one of the coolest guests that we've had thus far. Um, Lindsay Jones, senior writer for The Athletic, is joining us. She's been covering the league for a really long time. A really awesome follow on Twitter, too. And one of my personal favorites. And just I admire the hell out of her. Um, so Meg, shout out to you for landing this one. She's so fun. She came highly recommended by friends. Um, and just like, she's just so talented and she's so on, like, she's so on point and she's even, even has her daughter, like making picks every week and getting like getting her football intuition going. Like, I love that. It's so great. Yeah. It's awesome. So without further ado, let's hop into the interview. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All righty. Well, we have Lindsay Jones here with us from The Athletic. She's a senior writer there, and she is here to uh, help us break down what we are going to look at this week um, with the Broncos and through the rest of the season. So welcome, Lindsay. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. So pumped to have you here. Um, Okay, so you're a national reporter, but you live in the Colorado area. So obviously you're a bit plugged into Denver. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But I have to get your opinions (laughs) on the greatest reality TV show on the planet, which is the NFL and what an entire week it has been. I mean, like, 
are, have you gotten any sleep whatsoever? Yeah. I mean, Thursday, we're recording this Thursday evening and Thursday settled down a little bit, but Wednesday was wild. I mean, they, like that meme about like, Ooh, what a week lemon it's Wednesday. Like it has never been more appropriate than the NFL news cycle on Wednesday, because yeah, I mean, I got back from like, I dropped my daughter at kindergarten, got back, hadn't even made a, a pot of coffee yet. And we already had the Aaron Rodgers news, the Odell Beckham news. We had Mike Thomas saying he's out for the season. Um, and the day kind of just got wilder from there. And it's crazy because the trade deadline was Tuesday. So yeah. we kind of thought like, okay, Tuesday could be the busy, crazy day. And Tuesday was really super boring. And then all of a sudden Wednesday, just all hell broke loose across the NFL. And, you know, I kind of wrote this, I think it was the first sentence of my Aaron Rodgers COVID story this week. Like that would have been a big deal if it was just, okay, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Like that's one of the biggest stories of the season, but it's Aaron Rodgers had COVID and he was deceitful about his vaccination status. And like, it was just, you know, a flaming mess of a day. And it's going to be a huge story. Like it is not going away. I'm going to that game in Arrow at Arrowhead Stadium this weekend. I'm going to be covering the um, Packers and Chiefs. Again, I booked that trip about a month ago. Game has changed a little bit, but yeah, I mean, look, I have also watched a lot of, I mean, cause I'm based in AFC West country. So I watch a lot of the Chiefs as well. And um, there's no guarantees that the Chiefs are the Chiefs defense is stopping Jordan Love. I mean, not even close. Yeah, I mean, so. there's a lot to unpack there. Like, okay, just be, just because you just said it, um, what is going on with the Chiefs? Like, <laughs> are they okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of these, like, we, we've done a lot of, like, mid-season reports type stuff, even though it's, like, we don't really know when the mid-season is anymore with 17 yeah. games. Um, but, yeah, it's been one of, so I've kind of been asked that a lot, and it's, like, they're, I'm not honestly that surprised about their defense because of the way that they've they've built their team and the way they've invested their money and their the draft picks that they haven't hit on on defense. Um, you know, they very clearly have focused on their offense and wanting to make their offense better. So when you look at their defensive roster, it's like, well, yeah, it's not a it, it's not great. I mean, there's only a couple, you know, one or two actually truly like elite players on that defense. Chris Jones, who has has had to be playing out of position because they can't get any uh, edge rush. So they have to move him outside too often. Um, and then Tyron Matthew, who is getting older now. And also you can, can sometimes scheme around a, a free safety, right? You now you can, you can do things to try to take him out of the game where they don't have impact pass rushers. Their linebacking core is really bad. So I'm not stunned that they've been kind of getting run all over. What's been really surprising is that they haven't figured out their turnover issues on offense. Um, you know, it's just, they're smart enough. They're talented enough that they shouldn't be committing as many turnovers, fumbles, got balls going off of guys' hands. Like, are they pressing too much? I think that might be a little of it. I think Patrick Mahomes feels like he has to hit a home run every single, every single time he's out there. And I don't think that this is something of the league has caught up to the chiefs. The league has figured out Patrick Mahomes. Like, yes, I think they've figured out some tendencies and, we can't just keep blitzing him all the time. That's just, you just can't do that. Um, but they just, they, they're just not executing well. And I just want them to like get back to basics and like, yeah, let's stop being cute. Let's just figure out how to complete short passes. Balls stop going off of Tyree kills hands. You know, I, so I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see them live though. And I kind of hope that this is a week that they can get their stuff together. 
What do you make of to, um, because I think we pride ourselves on it, especially this year, um, that like our, our locker room is really gelling and that all the guys seem to be really supportive of each other and they are really buying in. And the fact that you have um, like a star on the defense who's out on the internet, like talking crap about his team and their-, their Yeah, that was a bad look. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be fair, I feel like almost every NFL fan base at some level is toxic <laughs> yeah. online. Like sure. you got to stay, you just, they just can't be there, you know, yeah. especially when your team's losing. Like you just cannot, these guys have way better things to do with their time than- seeing what people are saying on Instagram and on Twitter. It's like, they need to get, get somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there can be stuff to that where, you know, if things aren't gelling and look, the, the Chiefs, when they made their Super Bowl runs in 2019 and 2020, especially 2019, and I spent a lot of time around that team. I was in Kansas City a lot, and that was when locker rooms were actually open. So you got it, you could feel that better as a reporter. You know, you it's harder to see it from a podium or just like what you're observing during the games and stuff, you could feel it, that there was something really special that, you know, that they knew that they were, that they loved each other and that they had, they were having so much fun and I don't blame them. I mean, it was fun watching them, you know, I, of course it was fun for, for them. And yeah, I mean, it, it does look from afar, like the Cowboys are kind of in that sort of mold right now. And sometimes there's something to that. Sometimes there's not. I mean, I spent a lot of time around the Broncos this summer and like they were having as much fun as any team that I'd ever seen. And like really, really, the chemistry was really, really good. And that hasn't necessarily turned into wins against good teams. They've beaten bad teams, um, squeaked past Washington last week. I really don't know how that, (laughs) we can get into that if you want at some point. Um, But it doesn't always translate. I've also covered some like really bad teams that, had a really good locker room and I've covered some good teams that had uh, good teams that had bad locker rooms, but there's just something off in Kansas city right now. And it's way too, the, the AFC is way too much of a mess to write them off and to just say like, Oh, they're not a contender anymore. And they're not going to make the playoffs or they can't make a run. It's way too early. There is nobody in the AFC who is head and shoulders above anybody else. And Patrick Mahomes is too good. And we have seen him when they have, when they get rolling, but they can score so many points really fast that I just, it's kind of how I was about the Patriots for a long time, basically until like middle of last season, where even after Tom Brady was gone, it was like, until I see it for an extended period of time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that they're done. So I'm I'm excited for that game this week, but um, a little less excited than I was maybe four days ago, but (laughs) I actually want to ask you about the NFC for a quick minute before we get into more, you know, some Cowboys and Broncos things. Um, but wh- one of the questions that someone asked me a couple weeks ago, and I've been asking people that have come on our show this because I think it's actually such a good question. The NFC is such a tight race, it seems, this year in terms of they have a decent amount of teams that think they could be contenders, right? I mean, everyone thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> but what if you had to name like the top three quarterbacks in the NFC, could, do you think you could do that definitively? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I, only get, I only get three of them. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm over yeah, I mean, easy, but three is hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, if I'm like Rogers, I mean, Stafford, Russell, Brady, uh, and yeah. Brady, Dak, Tyler, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, I don't, ugh. I don't know. I, mean, I think if I had to take, I think if I had to take three for like, win me a game this weekend, the guys that I trust most. Correct. The way that they're playing right now with their teams, I think I'm going to take, and this is a no particular oh god am I gonna leave off Aaron Rodgers that's what I'm saying it is I think it's 
I think it's Brady, Stafford, and Dak, but I, oh, I don't, it's brutal. I don't, I don't it's know. It's brutal. We're an embarrassment yeah. of riches over here. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the AFC, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, it's, I think there's some good quarterbacks at the top, but I think the NFC yeah. is, is a little bit more loaded right okay. now. So breaking down, you know, a little bit more of the Broncos Cowboys, because again, I know you are a bit plugged in with the Broncos and yeah, I live right down the street. I'm just like, a couple I, miles I have to imagine so, yeah. <laughs> things are a little, a little wild in Denver right it's now. It's been a weird week. It's been I a mean, really, it's been a really weird week. What is the sentiment in, in the departure with Von Miller? What about, you know, does the fan base trust this new GM and the leadership? Like, or is it kind of a, what is happening? Like just, yeah. I um, I, so I think one of the things that it's not just this season, but I, uh, there's kind of been, a. it's, it's taken a while, I think for both the organization and the fan base to kind of take a realistic look at where this team is and who they are. And Super Bowl 50 was a long time ago. Yeah. It was look. I was, I was pregnant at Super Bowl 50 the child that I was pregnant with is in kindergarten. Like I have a very tangible, like yeah. I can see how this time is passing. I, I got to break the news to her about Von Miller getting traded um, yesterday. And I tweeted it. you guys, to, I'll show you the video, but she was like, what? Oh, Why, huh? Um, and she doesn't really know, but she knows that Von Miller is a big is best player. And she knows that like Von Miller knows who she is. Which is funny because like, you know, I've covered Vaughn since he was 22 and he first showed up with the Broncos. Like, you know, I've I've seen him grow up. Like I've gone to his pass rush summits, like, you know, and every time we talk, he says, how's your daughter? How's she she getting big and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so I think it's been, it's taken, like, there needs to be this like kind of come to Jesus moment about like, you're not like the Broncos. This is not the Peyton Manning era Broncos anymore. I mean, it's been a long time been a lot of really really crappy quarterback quarterback play for a, a, a several years and so I think you know the, the change that has happened is that John Elway while he still is he has kind of like a very senior title now and he's still around they brought in a general manager in George Payton who um has kind of a, a fresh look at who this team is and what they need and he's making some hard decisions that maybe not that I say Elway was never willing to make because Elway was actually still is like a pretty calculating guy like he you know he cut fan favorites pretty regularly he asked Peyton Manning to take a significant pay cut you know heading to the 2015 season like he he did some cold-hearted stuff along the way but he also like you know they could have moved on from Von Miller earlier and they did not um you know some of these kind of sentimental moves and I think Peyton has had a little bit more realistic look at kind of who the Broncos are right now and what it's going to take to become relevant again, because the problem with the Broncos right now is they're not good. They're not bad, but they are boring and they're bordering on irrelevancy in the NFL. And that is a very bad place to be. So a move like the Von Miller deal, um, while it, you know, I was getting texts from my brother who is like, you know, diehard Broncos fan and, you know, loves Von Miller. And he was like Super Bowl 50, He's not married. He doesn't have kids. So I'm going to preface this. He's, Super Bowl 50 was the best day of my life. <laughs> and he's like, when you talk to Von Miller, tell him, thank you um, for that, for everything that he's done and all that. Like, so I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that kind of move, it signifies that like George Payton sees what needs to happen here. 
and it's not about 2021. And I don't think they were ever going to make the playoffs in 2021. I mean, you could look at, okay, there's an extra wild card spot and maybe they could get into that mix, but like they weren't going to be a playoff team this year. They weren't beating, well, I thought they were beating the Chiefs. Who knows? Maybe they can't beat the Chiefs this year. I mean, I don't know. Um, but like the rest of the AFC is kind of further away from them. And I think we're going to see that when they actually start playing more division games. Um, and so he had to do something to like kind of steer this in the direction that it needs to go. If yeah. we get to next offseason and he's like accumulated some more draft capital and not that they haven't been players in the quarterback market, if they've sat out the quarterbacks in the draft again, after bypassing Justin Fields and Mac Jones this year, if they don't actively engage in Aaron Rodgers trade discussions or um, Russell Wilson or whoever else might become available. And they kind of go into another season where it's like, I mean, God forbid another Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke quarterback competition type thing again. I mean, then I think people are going to go like, what are we, you know, what are, what are we doing here? So I think that's kind of where it is. I mean, I think there was frustration about the quarterback situation this offseason with Peyton not, you know, basically what happened on draft day, um, not taking a quarterback. And I mean, it was just, it was a crazy day because all of a sudden the Aaron Rodgers stuff was exploding. And I mean, I was like getting it. I was texting people and I was like, do you want me to drive at the Centennial Airport's right down the street? Like, I'll go like see yeah. this planes coming in and, you know, and then all of a sudden they take a cornerback and like Patrick Sertan is going to be a great player. He's, yeah, you know, he's, he's already having a good season. Yeah. I mean, I know you wanted to talk about Micah Parsons later, but I think like, I think Micah Parsons is having like the, he's very much in that defensive rookie of the year discussion. I think Sertan is probably just maybe like one tier behind him. Like, but the thing is, is like, he could become Champ Bailey, honestly. (laughs) And if Justin Fields or Mac Jones become like franchise quarterbacks, take their teams to Super Bowls, like it won't matter, you know, it won't matter like yeah, that. And that's, what's kind of frustrating. So, you know, I'm still reserving a little bit of judgment on Peyton. It's still pretty early. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's just been a weird week because it's just a lot of mixed messaging of like, okay, we're four and four. So are you trying to win or are you throwing up, throwing it, you know, throwing in the towel or like waving a white flag on this or, you know, what's going on. And then they're trading for other players. I mean, he traded for Steven Weatherly and, um, Kenny Young the week before part of that was like they just strictly needed bodies like yeah, yeah. I mean I was pretty close to having to play linebacker like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it was it was bad they had they had nobody I think they had like eight linebackers on IR seven linebackers on IR at like week seven I mean listen seven. I'll step in and get league minimum no problem like what y'all need that's not <laughs> I don't be good but like <laughs> I'll figure it out I, yeah so um you know he's just he's been active but you know I do think he like sees the bigger picture of like you can't just keep living in this. I don't even want to say eight and eight, eight, and nine, whatever the math is yeah. now, like it's, you know, six and 11 purgatory. Like they, they just can't stay there. They have to do something to move one direction or another. That being said, do you see them making a Manning move like that again, where they could get a Rogers or Russell Wilson? Or do you think that that like seeing how some of these like draft picks are panning out, do you think that's something that they would gamble on yeah I mean I think the tough thing is that and look I am not a draft guru expert by any means (laughs) I think when you're look but when you're starting to look at kind of the landscape of college football and what next year is going to look like I don't think next year is going to be the year to get your franchise quarterback in the draft like there's not a Trevor Lawrence sitting there there's not even a Justin Fields potentially sitting there so um they've seen it it has worked for them that idea of like let's get a veteran quarterback 
um, if we can trade for him. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's a matter of like, okay, what's realistic? Like, what is that market actually going to look like? And can you get the the cream of the crop there and make a move for Aaron Rodgers? Because otherwise you're stuck with what they did this year. And then you, the next group of guys that's available is Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. And like, I like Teddy. I think everybody likes Teddy. I don't think you'll find a single person anywhere in Baldwin football who would say a bad word about Teddy as a person, but he's not like, he hasn't been the guy to take them to another level. So I think unless you are able to really, and I think they will engage in those. I think they will at least see what is possible. Um, Before all of the legal stuff, I thought Deshaun Watson was a possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some of that is just projecting that I kind of hope that it's not the situation that winds up in my backyard. Um, but you know, if we were talking February of 20 or 2021, I thought that would have been a possibility. I just, I'm not sure where that organization is right. This organization is right now, if they would go that direction, but I think they'll engage in it. Um, I don't know if there's a, they are as an attractive a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers now or in 2022 though, as they were earlier this year. Really? I was gonna say like all the alternative therapies, I feel like it's still up the valley. <laughs> I mean, oh. he'd probably be real happy living in Boulder. <laughs> I, I love Boulder. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of what a homeopathic therapies yes, going on yeah. in the state of Colorado. <laughs> in the state of Colorado. Are abundant. <laughs> yeah. So he would probably want to live here. I'm just not sure if you know the, the, sure. the selling points though, football wise, were like, look at all this young offensive talent. Um, look at all this defensive talent, look at, you know, this pass rush you've got and like, okay, well, Von Miller's already gone. Um, Bradley Chubb can't stay healthy. They're going to have to shed a lot of salary on defense. I mean, they're going to have room, but like they have the highest paid defense in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to do something. So, um, you know, I still think it's probably a better landing spot than going to like, Oh, where else would he go? Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, you know, I don't know. New Orleans can't afford it. I mean, I don't know how New Orleans pays for anything. They had to do all that weird restart, whatever they did with Taysom Hill's contract last year. I was like, what what happened? Like, it's like some like hokey pokey, like voodoo with the contracts. And I was like, I don't know how this did, but you basically just moved money from one pocket to the other is what my understanding is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and that's, I mean, that's all they've done forever is they just, you know, extended all of their stuff out forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all stuff. We'll come, I'll come back in the spring. We'll talk about all this. Stuff I would love that. <laughs> so I do want to talk about the spring and where yeah, you think some things could net out because listen, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, we, we both respect the hell out of you and, and your opinions. And so I'm sure you've seen the Cowboys roller coaster a time or two, yeah. at least yeah. start to go up the hill a little bit. And I think we all know they're, they're on that trajectory with the six and one and they just seem to be rolling and they're going to get Demarcus Lawrence back and then adding Michael Gallup in the mix. Like you have such a good problem in terms of depth on, you know, it seems like a lot of different positions. I'm for this so team. not used to it. It's very <laughs> <Yeah>. odd. <laughs> it's very odd. And so I say all that because, you know, the Broncos, they, I don't think there'll be too much of a challenge, but this team still has to play their style of football and, and actually just make it happen. But do you, do you foresee the Cowboys feasibly being able to make a run for the big game this year. And I hate myself for asking, yeah. but like, I feel like this is what 
all Cowboys Nation is saying, and I have to have someone add at least like a dose of <laughs> sure. reality. And if you think it's even like plausible. Yeah. Let me pull. I want to, I, I know I have it over here. I just wanted to look, I want to look at like their upcoming schedule too. But look, I think that there's I zero question that they're going to win the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like zero, I have zero question about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that's like at worst a four seed. Yep. And it's going to, the NFC is going to be yeah like the seedings and stuff trying to figure like out exactly through the the like gauntlet is going to be a task so they've got broncos falcons at chiefs raiders at home on thanksgiving at saints washington new york washington again cardinals and then eagles yeah so, i mean so we'll see gosh, i hate i hate like predicting like wins and like exactly what an overall yeah, i know is going to look at but 12 wins, 13 wins. I think all that stuff is very realistic because you look down that schedule right now and it's like, I would probably have them fave. I mean, I would have the Cowboys favored if I were making odds in at least, I mean, maybe not at Kansas city. We'll see where the chiefs are at that point. And that could be like a you know, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite type we'll of deal. We'll have his boots on the ground, so we'll know how they're yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe at the Saints, but, like, they're we don't know their quarterback, right? Yeah. You know, with their quarterback. Saints defense is legit good. Yes. Um, so that's going to be a really, really fun. I might try to go to that game. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, actually, that would be really fun. December, uh, go hang out with our friend Kat Terrell. Yeah. Um, that could be really fun, actually. That'd be really fun. Is that a weird day of the week game? Is that a Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Did we gotcha. just plans? <laughs> I know, maybe. I gotta talk to my editor about that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that's going. That is ballet recital week, so I think I have to be a little careful. But that's not the weekend, so it'd be fine. I'd be yeah, home again. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's realistic. I mean, the the race for the one seed is going to be like really really wild. Right now, I think. I mean, when I did our power rankings this week. I write that for the athletic. I'm not the only voter. We have everybody vote. And then I end up writing it. I, my own ballot I had in terms of NFC teams, I had Rams, Bucks. I think I went, God, what did, how did I do it? Did I go Rams, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, I think was the order. I also, I may have had two of those swapped. But like all of them in the top seven, I think you, I think I put the bills up in there and then I didn't know what to do with the Titans because like, yeah, if you're basing it on the past three or four games, they should be there. But then when you're projecting the future, yeah, without Derek, who the heck knows? Yeah. I mean, like, who knows? So, I mean, that race to get a one seed, I, I don't know, but like, you know, we're talking about who they are. They have an elite quarterback, um, strong offensive line. I don't think they're as strong on the offensive line as they were kind of in the you know five years ago. When Wait, did you just call Dak elite? I yes. He, Let's go. Yeah. Thank you. I think he should be, I mean, I think he should be in the MVP conversation. Like, I agree. I don't know if he's gonna win it, but like I would yeah. put him in that group of right. you know group of quarterbacks that we should talk. So you know I don't think yeah so you have an elite quarterback you've got one of the two or three best probably receiving groups in the NFL good offensive line with options you're getting my Collins back and trying to figure out so you've got some depth all of a sudden yep. at the offensive line um obviously a very good running game um really good offensive play caller 
and Kellen Moore. I'm not talking about Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> and then a defense that's like actually legit. And that was my big thing that was holding me back about the Cowboys and trying to like rain in excitement about them before the season. Cause I was all in last year. I was like, all right, let's go. You know, like this offense, like nobody's going to be stopping the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys stopped the Cowboys and then Dak got hurt. And it was like, yeah, well, but I don't know exactly how it's happened. Like I was not psyched about the Dan Quinn hire. Like I will admit it. Like we can go back and listen to our podcast. Like I'm sure the receipts are out there. I was not enthused about it. And as much as I like Dan Quinn as a dude, because he is, like one of the all-time great yeah, I hear like, that. guys in the NFL. Like just people love him and just really respect the hell out of him. And he's just like good motivator and teacher and all that kind of stuff. His just results had not been good as a defensive coach for year after year after year. Even when he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl in what was that, the 2016 season, that defense was very suspect. Um, he had to move guys around and he was switching guys' positions all the time. And, um, you know, there were issues and, his defenses in Atlanta were just never good. Um, they had drafting issues. Like I think they had some talent deficiencies, but they did have some elite players, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, like they had some really good players, but so I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be like the right guy. And, you know, a lot of the Seattle style defenses, that's just kind of gone out of fashion. Like it just hasn't worked for a while. And kind of this like musical chairs of like, you know, the, you know, Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley and just kind of like moving these same guys from team to team to team. I just wasn't excited about it. But had Chris Richard as well. So it's like, I thought we had kind of been there done. Yeah. 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 That like the future of NFL defenses is, you know, is the Brandon Staley, the kind of the the descendants of the Vic Fangio tree where it's, um, it's all so multiple. And, you know, you're not, you're just being really creative and coming up with a whole lot of new stuff. And you weren't seeing that as much. And, but it's just, it's worked. And I think it's a combination of like Quinn's coaching style has clearly um, been, he's, it, it's catching on and it's clearly been the right thing for who the Cowboys are right now and who their personnel needs. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys that are, you know, unproven at this point or are trying to kind of make a comeback in a second act of their careers. And so maybe it's just working, like his motivational styles are working. And then there's just been some really good young players too, that is, I.e. Really Micah Parsons and then the yeah. of uh, Randy Gregory. It's been real fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Randy Gregory thing is really interesting because, yeah, I mean, I know he's been trying to, trying to make it work and I'm just, I'm happy for him that it's making it work. Like I've, you know, long thought that the league has been way too hard or for a long time, the league was way too high to, hard on guys that had issues with yep. uh, marijuana, especially. And it's, it's been really nice to see him kind of get his life together and also you know, no longer have stuff that happened three, four, five years ago being held against him that he's able to kind of thrive. Um, And we'll, you know, and we'll see if he's able to kind of keep up this sort of pace. I mean, there's a lot of really, really, really good pass rushers in the NFL, but if he kind of keeps generating pressures week after week, and we'll see what happens when Lawrence gets back, if that takes away some of his opportunities, or if maybe that gives him more opportunities, if teams are focusing more of their attention on, on, um, Lawrence, maybe that helps him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, they've just been maybe overachieving, but I look, it's, what are we week nine? And they're, yeah. they're still in it. We'll see. I mean, they've got some, I don't think the the Broncos are going to be scoring a ton of points this weekend, um, <laughs> you know, but chiefs can score a lot of points. The Raiders can score a lot of points. I mean, the Cardinals, um, that Cardinals game is going to be really fun. Yeah, it is yeah. really, really fun too. 
Um, so they have a couple tough games coming up. I mean, the Raiders game, that'll be, that'll be, so yeah, I mean, I, they're going to have some real challenges. Um, so we're going to learn a lot more about kind of like who the Cowboys defense is, but like they're as well built as anybody else in the NFC. I don't think they're the most complete team in the NFC. I, I think that's the Rams and the Rams just made themselves better this week. Yeah. Um, but why not? Why not the Cowboys? Right. So what I just heard is that Dak is elite. Um, <laughs> The Cowboys have a chance at doing the damn thing. And Randy Gregory is going to be running around the field like a madman. <laughs> I don't hate it. You like, heard it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, We're going to have you on the show every week. This is the first <laughs> one I need. <laughs> and also this week, it helps that I've been like, I'm pretty much the Debbie Donner about the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> well, My daughter picked them in her pick. And I was like, really? You're, you're, you're sure you're going sure to do that? Um, she's excited that Colts Jets game is on right now and she oh. picked the Colts. So I'm sure she's excited because right. they're, they're, they're winning so far. She also picked the Jags to beat the Bills this week, which is suspect. That so. is very suspect. That's okay though. Let's Questioning her football knowledge. At this we point. will <laughs> learn by, uh, we'll learn by failing on that Maybe one. she's the young savant and they win. Who knows? Maybe well, so. she went, she went 10 and four last week and picked the Jets. Wow. So I mean, maybe. Okay. Maybe when the Jags win this week, well, <laughs> then we'll know. Well, well no. she's having a really good season. So uh, I love that. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. We know you're so busy. Um, All right. No, we didn't get into, oops, as I pulled my, no, literally like this out. is, sorry. This is literally like what we just got really excited. I was like, we didn't get into a lot of the X's and O's stuff that we wanted. And we got a cat. Oh my I gosh, know this, this is Joe boy. My daughter would, <laughs> our my daughter would lose her mind if she was up here. She oh, would, well, <laughs> um, he would you be very excited too. He would. For what it's worth. He's like a dog. She, um, she, that, that's her favorite. <laughs> we saw what we, we like ran into a cat while we were trick-or-treating and she just went up to it in the street and tried to hug it. I was like, oh my God, like, that is a stray cat. We are not hugging stray cats <laughs> no. in the street. Wow. She and might she's be like, mean. he didn't want me to hug me. A hug. And I'm like, yeah, we don't know that cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you're amazing. Where can the people find your work at? Sure. Well, uh, everything I write is on the athletic, um, kind of under the NFL tab. And you can follow me on Twitter at by Lindsay H Jones and it's Lindsay with an A and, uh, yeah, I tweet my daughter's football picks. That's like mostly what I do at this point. <laughs> at this point, oh, I tweet videos know. of my daughter and that video of her learning that Von Miller got treated. Um, but yeah, Twitter important content. That's pretty much where it is pretty much where, where I live these days, unfortunately. <laughs> um, well, so. Lindsay, we appreciate you again. This was you were a big get for us because we both Aww. are really big fans. So um, this has been really exciting and really fun. And we- well, it was fun. And I'll let you know if I come to New Orleans and we'll- Yes, uh, we're doing it. We'll we're go, doing we'll go, it. We'll go get a drink. I might um, I might put in that travel request. Yeah. See, see what they say. So. Go ahead and put that in. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a- <laughs> I'm already jonesing for more. I knew you were going to have one of those. Like, <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. Put your brain in a museum <laughs> or something. You know. At least. Put it hanging in the, what do they call it? I can't say. Hanging like, in the Louvre. I, I'm, also, I'm always, always like, hanging in the Louvre. No, like, no. Like a, a trash that's why, human being. That's why French people hate Americans. <laughs> I'm going to Paris in like a month, so I should probably figure it out. You should probably figure that out. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, she's incredible. She's amazing. I'm not surprised that she was just like a wealth of knowledge. Um, she's phenomenal. And... I hope you guys heard and listened. Elite. Elite.
You heard it from an unbiased national reporter, well-respected, works for an institution. And <laughs> I mean, I, we didn't have to go to her. We have to say it. No. Because it's just facts. Although our, when, we, when she was like working on her answer, our eyeballs were doing the like puppy dog. I, we're like, yeah. please. It was, there was a little <laughs> bit of begging going on. So maybe there was some influence. Maybe. Probably not though. Yeah. Um, she's a professional. She is professional. She's incredible. And we're going to hang out with her in New Orleans. So the end. Get ready for that content. It's going to be great. Bourbon straight. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you as always looking forward to a fun game this weekend. Y'all have a good weekend. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the blog of the boys podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also come hang out with Megan and I on the social media. I am on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And I'm also on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. And Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on everything. And I know that we are going to be playing a B word team Broncos. <laughs> B word team. Beat the B words. <laughs> If that's not your, your oh no your fight song this weekend, then we're obviously not that friends. <laughs> that friends, that wasn't a sentence, Kelsey. Words are hard. Um, anyways, save me from myself. <laughs> um, so basically what she's trying to say is cowboys forever, eagles for never. I mixed it up this week. Birds are Let's real. Go. Let's go. And down with the B-words. Down with the B-words. <laughs> Bye, guys. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.